Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Now it's time for today's shithole country. That's a special feature of our program, reporting on the places and the immigrants Donald Trump doesn't like. Today's shithole country, Haiti. Amy Willens has just returned from Haiti with a report. Of course, she's a longtime contributing editor at The Nation and former Jerusalem correspondent for The New Yorker. She's best known for her award-winning recent book about Haiti, Farewell, Fred Voodoo. Amy, welcome back. Thanks, John. Well, first of all, remind us why we care about Haiti. It's not just because it's the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Leftists have cared about Haiti for more than 200 years because of its history. Haiti has a very special and uh, heroic history, which is that in 1791, uh, the slave population of Haiti launched a revolution against Napoleon Bonaparte and the French Imperium and the the slaveholders of Haiti, and eventually the slave revolt was victorious and Haiti became an independent nation before any other of the Caribbean or Latin American nations did in 1804. The first and only successful slave revolution. And then what happened? Why is Haiti so poor? Well, then after that, of course, As you can imagine, the United States was kind of horrified because we still were a slave economy. Uh, France was horrified because it had been defeated. And what happened was two things that I think are important to America. One was Napoleon was so disgusted with the Americas and his defeat there and so encumbered by his adventures in Europe that he gave up on Louisiana. And he sold Louisiana territories to the Americans. So effectively, the Haitian slaves won for the United States its transcontinental geography. So that's blow one for the shithole nation. (laughs) And then, of course, France, horrified at this, did not want really these former slaves of theirs to become a fully recognized nation. And they demanded effectively reparations from the victor. So I think it's the first time, perhaps the only time in history in which someone won a war and then was was held up, really highway robbery, 
to pay back the people they had defeated. And France simply said, you owe us such and such an amount of money and we will not really recognize you, trade with you, permit you to gain full status as a nation until you pay us back, not just for the plantations destroyed and fields burned, but for your own personal bodies, which we used to own. I mean, they didn't say it in such terms, but that was included as part of the property. And the Haitians had to pay them back. And that took a long time, by the way. It wasn't paid back until, I believe, the early 1960s, fully paid back. Well, you were in Haiti last week. We're still thinking about the earthquake, 7.0 earthquake, struck Haiti in January 2010, killed more than 200,000 people. The United States and other countries have provided more than, I think the number is $13 billion to repair the damage from the earthquake. What did you, what have you seen of the recovery for the $13 well, billion? of course, have provided is the wrong verb to use. It was promised to Haiti. In a moment of friendly outpouring of ideas of money numbers that we could give them, it came to about $13 billion from all the friends of Haiti, from charities, etc., but very little of that actually went to the Haitian government. There's um, a long-standing suspicion, not entirely unjustified, that the Haitian government might not be the least corrupt of governments, and perhaps you shouldn't pour money into the Haitian government. But a lot of those monies went to American, French, and Canadian firms who were doing relief and recovery. The relief effort was a good charitable attempt. Reconstruction, I would say, has not proceeded apace. And I think that uh, of those 13 billion, very few billion, if even a billion, were spent in Haiti on reconstruction and development. And a lot of the money was lost to corruption among non-governmental organizations, the Haitian government, wherever it could be lost and taken, it was lost and taken. And there was some trickle-down. There is some housing. There are some new cities where people who lost their houses in the earthquake can live if you would want to live there. The American ambassador talked about the great natural beauty of Haiti. Lots of people do. How is the great natural beauty looking these days? It's looking very not good. And the reason why it's looking so bad is uh, pollution. Now, someone is freely and happily importing uh, polystyrene and uh, plastic bags and all sorts of things that are not being recycled. And so there are, in place of ravines that used to have creeks in them that I even remember, although those were used as garbage deposits, it was organic garbage. So it would go away. In a rainstorm, it would disappear. Now it just floats down the hill and masses at the mouth of the thing, and there are like giant mountains of bottles, etc. And there has been um, sort of sporadic pickup of recyclables. So like I imagine it must be every year or so someone comes along and picks up one pile mm. because I saw many, many piles, but there are piles. So people are thinking this ought to be recycled. But because there is no state in Haiti, there is no recycling. And if you want to see a country that's what Trump 
fantasizes the United States could somehow be one day if he works really hard. It's Haiti. There's no regulation. The government is very, very small, the way the Republicans like to envision government. The government represents the moneyed class and no one else. And uh, and Haiti is what you get. And what's the food situation right now? It's really sad. Haiti used to be a great agricultural country. It had coffee, which was is the fantasy product of a former slave community because you can cultivate coffee with a very small number of people. You don't need a plantation. You can do it in your backyard on a hill. And yet it was very valuable. But the coffee industry has totally fallen apart through world competition, global economics. So that no longer really exists. The rice economy was undermined when President Clinton unwisely decided to dump subsidized American rice into the Haitian market to help the hungry, but also destroy the Haitian cultivation of rice. So Haiti is now a net importer of food. That is crazy. And it imports a lot of its food from the more successful Dominican Republic next door. One of the biggest initiatives after the earthquake was to build new factory towns set up outside of the earthquake areas, these new industrial zones. How's this working out? It's still there. One of the big problems is that, well, of course, these things didn't benefit the victims of the earthquake, but in the long range thinking of the Americans and the UN and other friends of Haiti, so-called, they seem like a long-term plan, garment industry, which everyone knows, by the way, is no way to lift a people out of poverty. It keeps generation after generation in poverty, a lot like slavery. But so one of the things that's happening right now and has been happening for a while in Haiti is a push to change the minimum wage. From, I think, the top minimum wage, Haiti has tiered minimum wages, but the top minimum wage is like $4.50 a day. A day. A day. Um, And so they would like to raise that. And while I was there, there were all sorts of even larger traffic jams and and craziness on the streets of Port-au-Prince because there were a lot of demonstrations in favor of raising the minimum wage and against the, you know, what we would have called in the old days, the bosses who don't want to raise the minimum wage. Some of them got a little bit uh, angry, you know, tire burnings and, and things like this. But So does this mean there are labor unions in Haiti? There are some labor unions in Haiti. Um, they're not very powerful. I remember when I went up to the new um, sort of free zone, I guess you would call it, the industrial park up in the north after the earthquake, the uh, South Korean owners of the main anchor garment factory there were very eager to introduce me to the head of the labor union. And immediately I thought, okay, if they're so eager to introduce me, what kind of labor union? And, and it was what we call in French minable, which means like pathetic, sweet, but pathetic. And finally, tell us about the Cooperative Library Project uh, in Cité Soleil. This is my favorite thing. It's run by... Uh, a guy, his name is Luino Robillard, Roby, he's called. And he is, he was kind of a uh, gang member in Cité Soleil when Cité Soleil was really bad, but he was like a reluctant gang member. Um, and he's written a fabulous memoir of it, still unfinished. And, uh, but now he's gathering money from whoever wants to give it 
to build this library in Cité Soleil. Now, Haiti is largely illiterate, and if and Cité Soleil is also a shanty town, so illiteracy is even more powerful in the shanty towns than it is in the general population. Uh, so, as Roby says, we'll see what they want with a with a bibliothèque, with a library. But he feels it'll be a, a place for community. It will show respect for the written word and for the idea of education. But most important to me about it is the way they're doing uh, their fundraising and their accounting. So you go over there on a Sunday. I went on a Sunday morning. And there are like five people who are in their early 20s with their cell phones out keeping records of the money that's been given. And the money that's been given is both a million gourds from a bank and they have the check up on the wall magnified so everybody can see the bank gave a million gourds and then little like five gourds. It's, it's worth nothing basically from some guy across the street or I gave $40. Now, so what you do is you give the money, they take a picture of you and your money <laughs> and they put your name down and they put it up on their Facebook site. So there's a record of every single tiny and giant donation. There aren't that many giant ones. The The library is across the street from the police station, which I find interesting because the police have been a very varied influence in Cité Soleil, of course. And they also show, they have on their Facebook page, where the money goes. So you see the in and the out of the money. And for him, for Roby, this is the most important thing, is that it be utterly and completely transparent to anyone who can get on the Internet. You know, And that's almost anyone in Haiti because they still have Internet cafes. One other thing, the World Cup. Haiti is not in the World Cup. Do they follow the World Cup? So there were two things that stopped me from getting where I needed to go in Haiti this past week. One was all the demonstrations for the minimum wage to be raised. And the other was the World Cup because there are no TVs at home in Haiti or very few to speak of. So you go to a public TV. A public TV is in a barbershop or a tiny restaurant, which means that like five people can fit inside. But then there's a crowd massed around it. You can tell wherever there's a TV during World, World Cup season because there's a huge, like, bubble of crowd around all of these little places. And they also had public TVs installed in the um, central square of town. So people come down there by the hundreds. And the president came down. And what did he do? Instead of, like, speaking to the people and, and dealing with the problems of the people— like an old-fashioned dictator, he distributed presents, and those presents were TVs, <laughs> <laughs> among other things. And who do the Haitians root for? Well, they root for any country of color over any country of whiteness, pretty much. Um, they root for the great players. They love the great players. And they don't really root for France. Amy Willens, her award-winning book about Haiti, Farewell Fred Voodoo, is out now in paperback. Thank you, Amy. Thanks, John. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.